Well, these last few weeks, we have discovered a, a God who never changes. Just as He moved in the lives of people in the past, He moves in the lives of people today. And in this series, The Always God, we want to discover exactly how He moves and how we can experience Him in our life in the here and now. It's great to read it in Scripture. It's great to hear those stories. It's great to be guided by those things. But to experience that today is incredible. In week one of this series, we spoke of God still speaking. And He does still speak. He speaks to us each day in a number of ways. And in the second week, we learned how God is still hearing. And we talked about the beauty of serving a God whose ears are open to the cries of His people. This week, we are talking about a God who sees. And that's the title of the message today, Always Seeing. Now, here's the big idea about this. Here's the big idea about this message. To have a God who sees means we have a God who cares. He sees us. He cares for us. I want this message to be a message of hope. God has not forgotten you. Even if you were in your house all couple weeks, God has not forgotten you. But have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had that thought, actually, that God has forgotten you? <laughs> and maybe you did during these last couple weeks, wondering, okay. I'm pretty sure we all have had that at some point. Maybe it's a trouble, trial you're, you're in. Some losses are, are, are adding up in life and you can't seem to catch a break. Or maybe you are looking around at work and while you're working hard trying to honor the Lord, it's the person that cuts corners. It's the person that tries to get close to the boss and say the right things. Doesn't honor God with their life that gets the promotion and the raise. And there you are thinking... Okay, what good was that? Or maybe it's just the evil in our world. We read the news every morning of senseless murders, people being taken advantage of, lives lost due to a tragedy of, of some kind. And then the question we ask is, God, are you seeing this? Are you seeing what's going on? And to take it to its root, the question really is, God, do you really care? Do you really care what's going on? This is what the Christians were asking who Peter was writing to in Asia Minor, in modern-day Turkey. Here they are living in intense persecution. They were being abused, discriminated against, taken advantage of, and some dying for the faith they, had, they held to. And Peter writes to encourage these believers to keep their trust in Jesus, to put their hope in Him. He reminds them God still sees, God still cares about them. You can follow along 1 Peter 5, it's going to be behind me there, starting with verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, 
who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So I want to share with you four truths. Four truths from this portion of Scripture. Four truths about God seeing us. And each truth revolves around the idea of God still seeing. And to answer that question, what does God see? (laughs) Okay, if He sees us, what does He see? So first of all, God sees what we do. (laughs) God sees what we do. Scripture tells us, From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From His dwelling place He watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. So maybe you're wondering what God is doing. He is, he's, he's sitting on His throne, Psalm 33 says. Sitting on His throne, looking out over His creation. He's ruling, He's reigning, working His plans out for this world and for our lives. And He is observing all our deeds. Listen to these Proverbs. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. Also, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. And the Bible says he is looking for those who are faithful to him. Scripture says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And God sees Everything. Recall the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. It says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. He would teach later in in a parable in Matthew 25 about eternal rewards. When you feed the hungry, when you clothe the naked, when you visit the sick and imprisoned, God notices when you're out there helping someone that has their tree come down, when you're out there shoveling a neighbor's driveway, when you're out shoveling in the church parking lot, God sees you. God notices. And if you do these things and don't think anyone notices, remember, God does. God sees our actions and our obedience, and He will reward it. He also sees our disobedience and our sin. Listen to Jeremiah as he says in in chapter 16, My eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their sin concealed from my eyes. And also in Psalms, You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. So maybe you think he won't notice the reworked expense report. Or if I close the door and turn down the lights, he won't see me clicking on this site I have no business being on. But Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 
everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. And also in the Psalms, He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So nothing is getting past him. He sees everything. He sees our faithfulness and obedience as well as our unfaithfulness and disobedience. And what Peter wants the believers here in the middle of persecution to know is that God sees whether or not they are going to humble themselves in light of the suffering they're experiencing so that at the proper time they will be exalted? Or are they going to stiffen their neck toward God for what He is allowing them to go through? So knowing God sees us should motivate us to stay the course. (laughs) He sees it. God sees what we do. Then God also sees what we do not. So remember where God is positioned. He's ruling and reigning, still, he's sitting enthroned over all his creation. This points to his sovereignty. He sees things differently than we do. He has what, what could be called a, a press box view of all of life. And Mike Grimm's been up in the press box before at a couple of Texas games, as his friend does the announcement, announcing over there. But when you get up top, You can see everything. This is a picture of old Hayward Field before they renovated it. And one of, uh, I think it was Maddie that was running there at the 1A state championship. And I was able to get up the very top and uh, get a picture of it all. And this is kind of, you know, threaded together. But a picture of it all there at the very top. And it's where the press boxes were. They they had all rows of these places where people can get their laptops out and they can record what's going on and and see everything there. And you could. You could see from one side to the other, and it was a great view. They still have that, too, in the renovated uh, stadium as well. But at a press box view, you get to see all that's going on and what's happening and what might happen as you see runners come around the track. But because of where God is positioned, He has a different perspective I had a different perspective from up above than someone did down below right at the, at the track level. And he has a different pers- perspective, and he sees things we don't see. For example, he doesn't just see our obedience or disobedience, but he sees the very motives of our hearts. He sees why we obey or disobey, because he sees the heart. Scripture tells us, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. And also in Proverbs, all a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. You remember when Samuel was called to anoint the next king of Israel? Jesse brings all of his sons in, and and the first one Samuel comes across is Eliab. And Samuel Samuel is impressed with what he sees. Surely this is the next king. He's tall, he's handsome, and looks like he should be king, but God is not impressed. Again, he sees things we don't see. Here's the account of that in 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God sees what we do not. 
And this is a good thing. <laughs> Remember, the big idea we need to leave with today, to have a God who sees, means we have a God who cares. I think of this in the context of unanswered prayer. Um, talked about having a God who hears our prayers last time we met. Why is it that sometimes He doesn't answer our prayer in the way we want Him to or ask Him to? It's because He sees what we don't. God is the ultimate air traffic controller. He knows what's going on everywhere. If you ever have that app, I think it's FlightAware or whatever, it's, it's an app. You, get, you can see all the flights that are going on everywhere. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming. But according to... Uh, um, uh, this company, uh, aviation flight company, it keeps track of, of most all planes in our skies at a given time. According to them, in 2017, so about you know six, seven years ago, there were an average of 9,728 planes carrying 1,270,406 people in the sky at any given time. All those flights, everywhere, all at once. God sees all the pieces at play. He sees what, we, what will bring us harm, and He sees what will bring Him the most glory. He sees the cause and effect of every choice we make before we make it, as well as everyone who else walking on the earth as well. He knows what's best for us. So when we pray and we seemingly think it hasn't been answered, God knows what He's doing guiding and directing you to what you need. And this is why we can say and believe with confidence the promise of Romans 8.28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God works in, in everything, not just isolated situations, for our good. And this does not mean that all that happens to us is good. That <laughs> might. Don't take that, for, that scripture out of context. Evil is prevalent in, all, in our fallen world, but God is able to turn every circumstance around for our long-range good and realize that God is not working to make us happy, but to fulfill His purpose in our lives, make us holy, really. As Rick Warren said, uh, author of Purpose Driven Life, God is more interested in your character than your comfort, God is more interested in making your life holy than He is in making your life happy. Our scene is limited, but God's is not. And this should be one of the main reasons we worship Him. John Piper said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. <laughs> All these things going on, we don't really notice and realize. God sees everything, even what we don't. He even sees our adversary, the devil, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us. He sees what is really real, and that's the spiritual battle we are in. It's not just the physical that we can see and touch. There is a spiritual battle going on around us as well. Peter here is encouraging the believers in persecution not to get so fixated on the outward circumstances of their life, concentrating on all those who are physically opposing them. He's reminding them of who the battle is really against. It's against Satan and the forces of darkness. Remember the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, 
put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Are you understanding a bit more clearly why we desperately need God so much? (laughs) Because He sees what we don't. Peter tells these persecuted believers to stand firm in their faith because it's their faith that allows them to see with spiritual eyes what they could never see with physical eyes. So God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. And then thirdly, God sees what has us down. God sees what has us down. In our, in our first Peter passage here, God is very aware of the believers and the suffering and persecution they're going through. And again, it has not caught him by surprise. God sees it. And here's what we need to know. God still sees you right now in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain. God sees you. God sees you in your struggle, in your hardships. God sees you in in your confusion and tears. He sees you in this. And this principle reminds me of the story in the Old Testament of Hagar. You remember her? She was uh, Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife's servant. And God had promised Abraham and, and Sarah they would have a child. But like often in life, they're having to wait on God to deliver. <laughs> but like us, they don't want to wait on God. <laughs> want to have it done. Let's go. They think God has forgotten them. So they do the worst thing They do the worst thing they could ever do and we could ever do, and that is take things into our own hands. They took things in their own hands, and so together Sarah and Abraham make the decision that that Abraham is going to sleep with Sarah's servant, Hagar, big mistake right there already, with the hopes that after Hagar becomes pregnant and has a child, Abraham and Sarah will raise it as their own. I don't know if anybody asked Hagar if she was on board with this. But Hagar then, she, what happens is she becomes pregnant, and Sarah becomes so jealous and angry that the Bible says that she dealt harshly with Hagar, and so Hagar ran away. So Hagar runs into the desert wilderness to get away from Sarah, and she is she's a broken woman. She is a servant who only did what she was told to do and is now being unjustly treated. So she's tired. She's alone. She has absolutely nothing and no one. And at this moment, an angel of the Lord appears and tells her to go back and submit to Abraham and Sarah. (laughs) Hagar's probably going, what was that again? (laughs) Go back where? (laughs) Submit to whom? Go back to the person that's been persecuting me? Go back to the person that has been treating me awful? You want me to go back to them and submit to them? And the angel of the Lord promises her in this that she will have a son. And listen to her response in this. This is what kind of brings it all together. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. God revealed himself to his people through His names. And and right here we see His name in the Hebrew is Jehovah Roy. 
Jehovah Roy, which means the God who sees me. Hagar said, you are a God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. This is the God we serve. This is God we serve, and He is a God who sees you. He sees what, you, what you're going through, and in seeing you is looking after you. He cares for you. And this should bring us so much comfort, so much hope, knowing that we serve a God who sees us. Whatever's weighing on your heart, God sees it, and He cares for you. Is it a broken relationship? God sees it. He cares for you. Were you a recipient of abuse in your past? God sees it, and He cares for you. Is it the secret sin you're struggling with? God sees it. He cares for you. Is it that the bills are piling up and you don't know when relief is going to come? God sees it. Is it the miscarriages or the inability to get pregnant? God sees it. Is it an addiction? God sees it. Is it an illness or injury? God sees it. Is it the death of a loved one? God sees it. And whatever it is, please hear this. God sees and is in His seeing, He cares. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Also in Psalm, record my lament, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? God has it recorded. <laughs> God sees your every tear you shed, and your suffering, whatever it may be, will only be for a short time, even if it's for the remainder of your years. <laughs> 1 Peter 5, verse 10, And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little, time, little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. I told you this is ultimately a message of hope. And what is most hopeful to me is the verse we just read, that Jesus Himself will restore you, will make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. God sees what has us down. And the last truth I want to share with you today about what God sees is that God sees what Jesus has done. When God looks down on us, He sees two categories of people, just two categories of people. There are those who are in Christ and those who are not. When we place our faith and trust in Jesus, God no longer sees us and our sin because it has been removed forgotten as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> Instead, God sees His Son and what He has done. In Colossians chapter 3, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You can't appear with Him in glory if, you, if your life is not hidden with Christ in God. So what does God see when He sees you? What is God looking at when He looks at your life? Does He see Christ due to you trusting in His sacrificial and substitutionary death? 
Or does he see someone following their own rule and their own reign? I do know this. God sees, and what he sees is always certain. If you don't know this God that sees and cares in a personal way, I want to to invite you to, to, to come today. I want to invite you to be able to have a time of prayer and be able to know Him today as your Savior. And if you do know Him, know with confidence that He is still seeing you. Everything you do. And He's still caring for you like only He can. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would be with each one here today. I ask, Lord, that you would continue to have your hand upon each person here. And Lord, as the message has come out, and Holy Spirit, as you have brought it to us, to our ears and our hearts, I pray, Lord, that we would act upon it. Holy Spirit, if you are prompting us in some way, maybe it's uh, help us realize that we don't know you as Savior. Jesus, we don't know you as Savior. We've heard of you but we really have not prayed the prayer and received you as as the Savior of our life. I pray, Lord, that you'd meet that person here this morning right now, that you'd work in their heart, and that you'd give them total assurance as they pray to you to receive you as Savior that 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 very thing has happened. You've come into their life, and you are their Savior. You've cleaned up the sins in their life. And from here on, they can walk in your ways. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for a a second chance, a new start. Lord, I pray for those who are here today that do know you. And Lord, that maybe they just, they need assurance that you do see. You see them. You care for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak so ever softly to our hearts. (laughs) You love us. You care for us. You know what we're going through. You are dealing with it. You are strengthening us, helping us to be firm and steadfast. You are bringing us through those situations that are just seemingly impossible and overwhelming to us. Thank you for being Jehovah Roy who sees us. And I pray, Lord, that you would meet each person's need in that way who are here today and those who are online joining us, reminding us that you are God who sees because you're God who cares. I pray, Lord, that you would help us realize as well that you see the good, the bad, and everything in between. Lord, thank you. That as you see those things, you still care for us. You still love us. You want the best for us. And thank you. Thank you for always being watchful over your creation. We love you, Lord. Thank you for meeting with us today. And I pray, Lord, that you'd continue to work out your perfect will in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.